everyone, and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I am your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on Pokemon X and Y, and my co-host, guest, whatever, you're you're so many things at this point, uh, it's Bobby Pease. Hi, Bobby. Chase, <coughs> excuse me, it's good to be back. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> Great start. Uh, I, I have had a two-week battle of bronchitis. Um, I'm better. It's nice to be in this seat tonight. It's a good yeah. seat to be in. Mm-hmm. I like this. Uh, uh, th- I, I'm not me familiar back. with that Pokemon, <clears throat> bronchitis. What does that evolve into? Uh, well, if not, if, if you don't keep good care of it, it can become pneumonia. Mm, um, and sometimes, yeah. and in this day type. and age, <clears throat> people assume that uh, it's probably COVID, which is a really awful mm, Pokemon. Sure. Kind of the, it's kind of the Pidgey. You know, it's everywhere. Um, <laughs> nobody wants it, but everybody gets it. Uh, mm. And so, no, I'm I'm doing much better. Just a little residual there, so apologies. But this is yeah, great. No problem at all. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, we have been teasing this episode for months. As, uh, uh, it, it was tough for both of us to get through this one. Not not that these are bad games, but no. uh, just you know, part part COVID, part uh, we're, we've been doing a lot of stuff for our other. Uh, podcast other channel that we do called the casual hour and yeah. we we've been doing a bunch of stuff there we're now streaming on twitch we're we're recording stuff every monday wednesday and friday plus we're doing some kind of quick look stuff there so we got we got a lot on our plate and so when it's like hey should we can we do like an episode of gamers on the go like, yeah let's fit it in and then fitting it in yeah. was uh difficult but we're doing yeah it. Yeah, no, I, I feel really bad because, I mean, let's be honest, you were the sail, I was the anchor here, and <laughs> I was dragging us down. We are doing some really cool, exciting things over on the casual hour, but I've always appreciated and admired what you do here, and when you ask me to come on, like it, it's always a very different pace, and uh, I, I talk about this every time I'm on your show, but it's one of those things where I just feel like it's like a bookshelf, like you can pull, pull any book off the shelf and, and have something really good happen from that. And so for me, like, this is a bit more evergreen. This is a bit more absolute. Because I think that we you kind of labor over your games, in a way, uh, on your show. And there's a lot of passion that goes into it. But when we do stuff on the casual hour, and this is that podcast curse, it's like, okay, go, 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 right. go. Mm-hmm. And then here, with, with this particular game that we're going to talk about tonight, it was more like, no, no, like, really, like, focus on this. Pour yourself into this. This is going to be what we talk about. And it's just nice to not feel like you have to be spinning a lot. But because of that other shit that we do, mm-hmm. this became a bit more of a victim to it on, on my end. And, uh, yeah, I I feel terrible about that. But it was, no, it was good. No, like, I, I, like, I'm the same way, honestly. Um, and, and thank you for saying that. I, I That is what I want this show to be. Like I, I literally call it a podcast archive of handheld games, new and old. Uh, on some different yeah. platforms there, and and that's what I like about doing this show. Like like you said, that kind of bookshelf thing, that evergreen kind of content where you can just pull pull any episode and kind of hear about it. Yes, we mentioned COVID, so you have an idea. Hey, we're it's in twenty twenty one right now, right? Um, but right. Uh, when we get into the game part, it's the game part, and you know this is a. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the show before, probably dozens of episodes ago. But I I got this format from. Uh, a person I used to write at Bitmob with uh, named Evan Killam. He he had a podcast called This Podcast Contains Spoilers, which was a great podcast. I believe he he stopped doing it 
it's a good name but it was good it was very good and that was the whole point it was him and a guest Uh, the guest would rotate and they would just talk about a single topic and they would spoil the shit out of whatever it was they were going to talk about just just have a really deep good conversation um i was honored to be on that podcast a couple of times Uh, i think my episodes were both uh the thing related i watched uh john carpenter's the thing and then i watched the uh is it 2011 it's the 2011 it's got mary elizabeth weinstein it right with who mary elizabeth isn't that right yes Uh, yes yeah 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 um so I, I got to be on both of those. He he came on this podcast a, a very long time ago. I think like within the first ten episodes to be on my Professor Layton episode. So I feel like nice. I feel like that's a blessing that I could steal his format. Um, but I, I've always really enjoyed that idea of of being able to kind of pick up a podcast at any time and still be able to listen to it. You, you touched on it when we we're talking about things for the casual hour. Those. Most of the episodes we do are you know, episodes about what we've been playing recently yep. and news of the day, which yep. means those episodes are great in the moment. And then if you tried to listen to them you know, a few weeks later, a few months later, they're, I wouldn't say worthless, but they, are, they, they have lost a lot of the cachet. And, and that's something that this show doesn't necessarily do, and I, I appreciate yeah. that. Other than no, the our- growth of the hosts. Because now yeah. I talk like a normal person instead of being super nervous about talking on you know, I, I, to a microphone. I think it's also one of those things. It's like you don't really go back and rewatch the news unless it's sure. something crazy, and you don't know it's crazy right until like something like you look back and reflect on it or the ramifications came from it. So I think sometimes like we we we've been doing the, the casual hour since 2016, mm-hmm. and so those high water marks with like game of the year like you recently cataloged that for us and like, Hey, did these still hold up and like things like that for sure. But for the most part, man, it's, it's kind of just a, a rushing current that goes, goes, goes. And it's all, it's just an, always an excuse to hang out and do more with all of us, like you, me and Johnny. So, and now we got, you know, friends that you've made through this show that have bled mm-hmm. over to, to hanging out and doing stuff with us over there and our little community that orbits around our ideas and practices and, uh, this is the like, hey, let's catch up for a while, have a have a cup of coffee, have a beer, whatever it may be. Like this is this is a nice exhale where I feel like we're constantly inhaling over at the casual hour. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. yeah, we're we're gonna talk about Pokemon X and Y for this Hell episode. Yeah. Uh, these games came out for the 3DS on October 12th, 2013, which is only a couple days off from my birthday. This was a great birthday gift for me. Um, they were. Developed by Game Freak, of course. Published by the Pokemon Company and Nintendo. And uh, these, I I think this is an interesting fact. Uh, These are the first mainline Pokemon games to be announced in a Nintendo Direct. Shit. That's, uh... I'm pretty pretty sure that's the case. Uh, It was a Nintendo Direct uh, January 8th, 2013. So they would come out ten months later. Um, But yeah, this was... That's kind of cool. I got Nintendo... Nintendo was doing E3s and things like that, but they hadn't come up with this format for... Was uh, this Nintendo. before or after the new, like, well, now old, but, like, PS4 and Xbox Ones? That, I'm not sure. I think that, uh, I think that this would have been right before it, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah the, my historical context is, uh, you know, somewhat limited here. I, I was kind of having tunnel vision talking about the Pokemon and the Nintendo versions. 
uh, it's it's tough to to get it all in context. But yeah, so uh, I, when we talk about X and Y, and this is something I was looking through reviews talk about talk about looking at things that are not evergreen. <laughs> reading reading old reviews is is real rough sometimes. Not only. Oh, yeah in the words that they use and and looking back and how games journalism was in 2013 but but also just physically hard to read on a lot of these sites now because links are broken videos are broken uh formatting is all fucked up after site redesigns or after site redesign and (laughs) so it was kind of interesting to read through some of those those reviews but the the crazy thing to me is that you know pokemon has always been thought of as this series that, um, sorry for the pun, that never evolves. It's always the same sure. game, just time and time again. And yeah. and I think that is a relatively fair criticism, uh, at least on a surface level. And for this game, the, these two games specifically, there's a real weird midpoint that I, I was getting to where some reviews would go wow, what a revolution, because these games are in 3D. These are the first ones to actually model the Pokemon in 3D. They were done with sprites. We're we're moving around a 3D world. There's camera movements going on in here. It's not just that completely top-down view like in previous games. Black and White and Black and White 2 definitely had some, some 3D elements, but this is the first game that really feels like it's in 3D, although it didn't use much of the 3DS's stereoscopic 3D function. It's just that yeah. there are 3D models in the game. So, so you had a lot of reviewers and, and people in general go like, holy shit, this is, this is amazing. This is the revolution that we've been looking for for Pokemon. They're in 3D now. It looks so different. It feels so different. But then you also have other reviewers who go, yeah, it's still just a fucking Pokemon game. Like, yeah, yeah, it looks a little sure. bit different, but it's still a Pokemon game. And honestly, both of those uh, are, are valid opinions, are just valid observations, sure. honestly. Um, it, it was wild for me. This was a couple of years back, but uh, I think the last time I was on talking about Pokemon with you here, I had just done my, like, blitz through multiple... Because I had only played... Uh, Pokemon Blue until I was like in my early 30s and I, I right. decided I was going to play through the rest of the like um, kind of more mainline Pokemon games and uh, I had you and Johnny help me kind of map out how the best go about it and it was weird it was really weird when you had I, I, all I'm those still things I'm not sure just... we did that right because we we had you bounce around so much like we I we had you play uh, soul silver and heart gold instead of yeah. silver and gold. Yeah, and then you'd have to go to. Uh, I think then you did Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, but then you had to go back to, to uh, the DS with Diamond and Pearl because those remakes come out later this yes. year in 2021. So you didn't yeah. get to play those, and Correct. it just it led to you getting really. Uh, I wouldn't say confused, but maybe frustrated with jumping into new mechanics and then going back to old mechanics. Right. That That's rough. I, I feel like maybe we did a disservice, but you certainly it, weren't going to play all the no. generations and the remakes. So no, we did. Eh. We did what we could, but the three, so going from, uh, soul silver to Omega mm-hmm. was really like, cause I, I had, you know, a couple decades of like knowing what Pokemon looked like. It burned in my brain. 
like isometric type down looking at it, looking at it and then going to this 3D world I was like oh shit I do understand that this is really cool like it felt yeah. very natural for like what the way I was playing games but you're you're absolutely right because once you're there you're like okay yeah this is this is pokemon like for sure it looks very different but I'm going to walk in that tall grass I'm going to go to this shop I'm going to throw these balls and and like the one thing and we'll talk a little bit about it tonight I'm sure but the ongoing criticism is well, all these things, you know, move forward or evolve to use that that terminology. Like, but the battling, this felt still like it was stuck in that older style of, of game. And uh, for me, at least, I think over the course of playing through some of these, and we'll talk about it again with this one, outside of some of the bigger uh, ev- ev- evolutions in combat, there was definitely what I perceived to be just some kind of static, like, yeah, these still feel, the battles still feel the same way. Right, like, like at the end of the day, Pokemon is Pokemon, and it it is odd to me that some people want it to be a different thing. This right, is just this just is what that series is. It it is a turn based RPG, and I totally. think it's kind of always going to be a turn based RPG. If you want Pokemon that aren't turn based, well, I, they have Pokemon Tournament for you. They have Pokemon Rumble for you. Um, right. I, I'm not sure what the the RCS game that is coming out later this year is going to do, or is that next year? I, it, that's later this year, like January. Year. It's January. Yeah, I, th- I think that's early next year. Um, but like that game might switch up stuff. But for the mainline Pokemon games, they are turn based battle affairs, and that is there's a strategy to that. And, and for me, I think growing up and and playing handheld games, I always appreciated having something that was turn based. That I can look up from the screen, watch TV at the same time. Um, in fact, what I still do to this day is I'll play stuff on the Switch that's turn-based, and I can watch a baseball game. And right. I don't have to give full attention to the baseball game because it's baseball. Uh, and I don't have to give full attention to the video game because it's turn-based. And I can have a, a relaxing afternoon enjoying a couple of things without having to deeply focus on something like i would a big action game and and pokemon has always been great for that it's interesting too because i think like i don't want to get off of a tangent here so if if you need to reel me in reel me in this show is all about tangents bobby i think that uh you know most recently you and i've been playing a game with monster hunter stories and Mm -hmm. how that has spawned off of some of these 3d especially the 3d pokemon uh like open world stuff i think about a game that i played called tim tim and what we're seeing there, and even some of the stuff that happened over in uh, that darling that you cared for, Monster Sanctuary, and and what you're seeing with like combat and mechanics, because um, I'm with you. Like I think, like even after playing those games, like I still get really excited for Pokemon, and I know that there's a lot of nostalgia that goes with that. But I have to wonder, outside of the the, the weird one that's coming out in in January, like. We still have Pokemon. Like you're always going to have Pokemon. I don't think they're going to change that formula up. But mm-hmm. these elements that you start to see coming in from these other games that are like standing on their shoulders, I, I wonder at one point in time, like, is Nintendo going to say, like, could we start to maybe introduce some of those things over here? And what would that look like? Because you're still going to have your core story, and you're still going to have those things. And maybe, like, because you said the reviews for this were really hot. Um, I I certainly enjoyed my time when I got to it. Uh, it was a little bit different playing through it for this show, but 
I just wonder when people are going to start to say, I don't have to just take this because it's Pokemon, but I am playing it because I want to because it is Pokemon. Because there's there's more options out there now to scratch that itch, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, we, we certainly have seen games. You, you mentioned a few there. Monster Sanctuary, Monster Hunter Stories, uh, Temtem, Ooblets. A lot of those games yep. that are using turn-based combat and are definitely taking inspiration from things that Pokemon has done, but are finding ways to innovate within that turn-based combat. And, yep. and I think those games, on the, most, on the whole, are pretty incredible. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm having a great time with a lot of those. They have uh, some more strategic elements. There are ways to uh, Monster Sanctuary does an amazing uh, has an amazing system of buffs and debuffs and having three to a team every time you you get into a fight so you can spend multiple attacks that will will help to combo into each other and it's all about build crafting the team. And Pokemon does that a little bit when you get into something like double battles, but double battles right. just aren't prevalent enough in the game, which is what Temtem is doing. Temtem's like, we like That's double battles. What if it was all double battles all the time? And that gets more strategy. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories is doing essentially double battles. In fact, it's kind of sometimes doing quad battles because you have your yep. monster, yourself, your ally, and your ally's monster. And, yep. and you can coordinate all those attacks together. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there is, there's certainly something about going to a Pokemon game. And I think this is why we probably cooled on Sword and Shield as much as we did l- later. I think we really had a great time as we first started playing that game. Because I think the the build-up to any Pokemon game is where it's fun. Where you're, yeah. you're getting your new monster, where you're, you're going around and finding... Uh, finding the new ones, finding where they are, learning all the secrets, battling the gyms. Playing on new hardware. Playing on new hardware, for sure. Um, and and then you get to the end game stuff, and I think they really botched the DLC on that. This, this is not a Sword and Shield podcast. We'll definitely talk about Sword and Shield another time. But uh, I think a lot of that also relatively applies to X and Y when we talk about yeah, that as well. For sure. So getting back to X and Y... Uh, these games take place in the Kalos region, which is based on France. Uh, so the last time you yep. were on, we were talking about Black and White and Black and White 2. Those games are, are kind of based more in America, uh, a little yep. bit more New York City. And you have things like Kanto from, from Red and Blue. That's kind of based on the Tokyo region. Johto is kind of based more in Kyoto area. Um uh, Sinnoh, I think, is Hokkaido, which is the the northern island of Japan. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire, Hoenn, uh, I can't remember exactly where that is. It's a, it's another region of Japan. And then yeah. uh, after this, we we go to Alola, which is Hawaii, obviously, and then Sword and yeah. Shield, which is uh, more UK, Great Britain stuff. Yeah. So we're in France, and. <laughs> They they really put a French coat of paint on on this uh, boy. On howdy! This game. I mean, outside uh, of you having like a beret and a baguette in your bicycle, I mean, like it's. I mean, you're not too far off. <laughs> I know. There's no, there's no baguettes, but you can absolutely get a beret and a bicycle. <laughs> I, and a poodle, a French poodle, is in there's, this. I mean, there's it, a poodle Pokemon that you can uh, like design in a in a I, way. I thought at some point in time I'd go into a city, the game would turn black and white, and all of a sudden I would have a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. Actually, <laughs> there's a point where I was just like, this is almost riffing off of that um, 
Flight of the Concord song and that little skit they did mm. where it is all in French. Like, it felt very much like, at times, like, mod French, like, art film at times. Like, it, they had, they were very much like, this is what we're doing. This is what it's going to so, be. So the, the, the developers, Game Freaks, say that when they are, when they have decided on the region that they're going to base their next game on, they'll send a group of developers to that, to that region and they'll, they'll get a, a cab driver to just drive them around to all the places so they can take photos and they can learn a little bit more about the, the history of the place. Um, whoever this cab driver was... <laughs> Just hit up the most touristy spots. Oh, uh, because man. this is this is so fucking France. <laughs> it's uh, like the goddamn much Eiffel that. Tower is a is a Pokemon gym in this, which I think is a fantastic <laughs> touch. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, this is also 2013, and I had this conversation. This is so dumb, but I had this conversation with my wife uh, like two weeks ago. I was like, do you remember like in the early 2010s? It felt like every like kind of hipster chick had this deep fascination with Paris and then like anything in their house that could be like modeled around like Paris as far as like mm. landscapes and things like that. And this game kind of came, it was being developed probably at the peak of that like interest and in, like, especially that Western interest in like hip French shit. And uh, I think this is like around the time like Midnight in Paris came out. Mm. And so you had all that shit happening. And then this game's there. It's just like, we really, as a we really liked <laughs> our shit happening over there in France at the time. Yeah, it just felt so much fancier when you're, it when did. you're in France. So it you did. had you you have your boutiques, you have your cafes. There are lots of somewhat new mechanics that are that are thrown in here that are just yeah. extremely French. Uh, and and I think for the most part it works. Like it is, it is similarly heavy handed in in some of the other regions they've done, especially the non Japan regions that they've done. Yeah. You know, America has a fucking trash Pokemon because we have all this trash well, here in America. Little on the nose. Um, yeah. The the Hawaii region of the, of the Lola is is extremely Hawaii with people wearing you know printed shirts and surfer Hanglers. talk and all of that is there. Uh, Salt and, wife and like, stickers. Like <laughs> is hello and goodbye, just like uh, Mahalo is. It's yeah. Like come on, come on. Like some of it's just too on the nose. Uh, and then also Sword and Shield is, is just extremely UK, or at least extremely like the, the UK you would see on a postcard. And yeah, I mean, like the hooligans and all. Of course, yes. Goodness. Yeah. God, the hooligans. Um, that's not the only thing that's new in here. We, we actually got a couple of, of new mechanical changes. I think the biggest change in the mechanics is that they added a new type. This is the first new type they've had since Gold and Silver in 1999 which added dark and steel types. Uh, we added, I can't remember how many types there are. Is this like the 17th type? That sounds like too many. This um, is a lot. I, I don't know how many types there are offhand, but uh, it's fairy type. And uh, I have a little quiz for you, Bobby, before you before you look up that stuff. Avert okay. your eyes from whatever you're looking at. Uh, pop quiz. What yep. is fairy effective against and ineffective against what are it's uh what's it's super effective not very effective and then what's super effective against it and not very effective against um it? okay it's it's effective against uh is it fighting it is super effective against fighting good start and 
it is ineffective, super ineffective. Oh no, there's there's two there's two more things that it's super effective to. Uh, fighting psychic. Uh-huh. Nope. No. Okay. Uh, is it dark? Dark is one, and there's okay. one more. Uh, I'm impressed that you got these two because I think the last one is the one that it was trying to deal with the most. Because there ghost was a very type. big imbalance. No, ghost. not ghost. It's it's dragon type. Uh, because dragons uh, yeah. before this were only weak to dragons and uh, other dragons and ice, and having yep. this kind of third typing that could also handle dragons was a big deal. Uh, and and also on the other side of it, dragon attacks have no effect against uh, fairy types in the same way that fighting has no effect against ghost or ghost has no effect against normal uh, or ground has no against no uh, effect against flying. Um, so that how, was how really many did you say there was? Out. What there, did you say? Did, did you say they're super there, effective th- against three different types? No, no, no. You, th- you said the types. Did you say there are seventeen? I guessed that. Yeah, eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Well, damn. There were seventeen before fairy. <laughs> um, yeah. What's super effective against it is poison and steel, which I think is fair. Poison was uh, oh, makes sense. Actually, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Poison and steel. Neither of those had a lot of things that they were good against, so that that's helpful. It's not very effective against fire, which I don't understand. Not very effective against fire, poison, and steel. The other two make sense. Fire doesn't exactly, uh, and then not very effective against it is fighting, bug, and dark, and then no effect against it is dragon. Um, fairy still trips me up. I I would not have passed this test. Um, and and it's made it's made even worse that there are Pokemon that got retyped in in this right. generation from previous generations. So it's not just here are some new types that are that are also fairy. Uh, it's that some of the old types, some of the uh, you know your Jigglypuffs, your Clefairies, um, your uh, Azuril that turns into Meryl, um, those are all fairies now. Like they, some of them have dual typing. Uh, Meryl is fairy and water, but some of that is like shit. I don't know what the, I don't know what's Do effective you, against these things anymore. There's never been, I don't believe, um, since this game. They've never done a dual type or just a full on like starter that had some. Well, they wouldn't do it that way, but like like a fire fairy or anything like that. They haven't done something where they've incorporated fairy into a starter, right? No, no, I do not believe so. We've had hmm. we've had uh, fighting fire a couple different times. We've had grass poison, obviously fire flying, fire um, psychic, fire psychic, water steel. We we did have that that generation that tried to to have uh, some pretty interesting typings with that. But yeah, we we haven't really gotten. Uh, I think uh, fire psychic too. Uh, did you say that yeah. one? Yeah, okay. that's what. Uh, yeah, I actually that's what pick, Fennekin picked here. is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Fennekin turns into. It starts with fire and then gets to, to fire. Uh... Oh, wait. Actually, uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Primarina, right? From uh, from Alola, uh, from Sun and Moon. That's oh, water. The, it's water fairy, isn't it? I think that's water fairy. Yep. I'm okay. So. Cool. so, yeah, they, cool. they eventually got there. Um, anyway, so we got we got our 18th type now. Which uh, is still screwing me up. I'm glad it's there. I think it's a very yeah. useful thing, uh, especially to have that good, strong check to dragon Pokemon, because there are just so many good dragons. 
but uh, it's it's definitely still tripping me up. Uh, another big feature for this game that I that I think you know when I when I looked through all the reviews, it was universally praised. Uh, when I played through the game, I remember like, holy shit, this is so good, and that yeah. is the player search system or PIS. I'll just say. Uh, piss <laughs> um and gotta tell you i was pissing all over that bottom screen <laughs> nice nice I, I also use the player search system um but the <laughs> it takes over the bottom bottom screen and you get a bunch of different options there that that allow you to to just do anything in the world and and get uh, a lot of good features and, and we have something similar with something like Sword and Shield in the modern games, where you can just switch out Pokemon from from your uh, party into the box while you're out and about, you couldn't quite do that level, but you could do so many things. You could connect online. This this I think is one of the best online games Nintendo has ever had a hand in. Uh, yeah. You you didn't have to use friend codes. If you met somebody in the game, you could just swap friend IDs, and then you'd be friends. Um, it would also remember your acquaintances which are just people that you would uh meet in the world and and be able to to trade with if you traded with somebody once they'd be an acquaintance and then you can change get friend status and then they'd be friends and anybody else was just a passerby sorry i think that was a motorcycle behind me um but uh then there'd be passerbys which were just kind of anybody they'd throw around and you could you know uh, you just have a line of them on this bottom screen and you can go, hey, would you like to trade? And and then you could start a trade or you could start a battle. That's super and awesome. And those people would go up into acquaintances. Uh, which is super, super useful online features that were, that were really nice. You could trade from any route. You didn't have to be at a Pokemon Center to, to do it. You could just link up with a friend and, and get a quick trade going. Um, there, there were some other features in there. One we're going to talk about a little bit more later, but um, there was a feature called Pokemon Me, which is very French. Um, but this was this is kind of like a in Japan. Okay, I'm sorry, Bobby. We have to get a little bit into anime. Good. Um, in Japan, there's this idea of uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a genre, maybe like a subgenre. That's like a, a petting game. There are, there are multiple games that are about petting. Um, Seems about right. It's not always about pets. It's it's uh, you know sometimes about waifus, um, anime ladies, and, and, and petting them, and petting your anime ladies, and hmm. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> in fact, when Fire Emblem Awakening came over uh, here, that was one of the things that got semi-censored quote-unquote censored over in this kind of got localized out um because you would you would pet you you could go into your your barracks and you could uh create some better bonds with your with your units by petting them um a thing you could do uh and they they kind of took that feature out they still had some of those scenes but you you didn't do anything in them you weren't physically rubbing the the touch screen to to pet them it would just kind of happen um i feel like they thought it was a little better when you were doing it to pokemon uh, a little a little less sexual connotations going on there 
So that's what Pokemonomy is. You can you can bring your Pokemon into kind of this park, and you can pet them, you can play with them, you can feed them bonbons and and macarons, and um, and and just have a good time with your Pokemon. And I think you would also increase some friendship. And uh, there were mechanics outside of the Pokemonomy that would give you some benefits. But uh, I saw yeah. a really co- a question not with that game, but with Sun so when Sun and Moon came out mm-hmm. uh, when I. I was at work and I happened to walk by somebody on their break and they were petting a Machamp uh, mm-hmm. in a very interesting way. Sure. And uh, Machamp was enjoying it. I think they were enjoying it. I understand what you're talking about. I know it. I've seen it. I know what it <laughs> he, is. He's, he's got four arms. He's got 20 fingers. You, know, you can do a lot with, with that. A lot of petting. Just, a lot of uh, just putting that out there. Uh, another feature that was in there was Super Training, which this is not the first time that Super Training has been in a Pokemon game. I think it was also in Diamond and Pearl, but uh, and and I think there was some version of it in in Black and White, Black and White Two. But in this, it's a little bit more simple to to pull off, and you can pull it off from from the bottom screen wherever you are. And it were just kind of these soccer style mini games that would help you train up the base stats of your Pokemon so you could, uh, instead of spending the time fighting the same Pokemon over and over again to increase their EVs, their effort values, right. to get the exact kind of Pokemon that you want for a more kind of competitive version of Pokemon, um, this was a way to do that with less tedium. Not no tedium. It was still very tedious, but less tedious than going around and hoping for the right random battle and then fighting that monster and then dealing with all that bullshit. This um, is like a big min-max thing, right? Yes, this is totally for people who, who wanted to min-max and, and get competitive level Pokemon. It's not something that I've ever really cared about. I, I don't really play Pokemon online at all. I, I'm not, I don't have too much interest in PvP battles, so... I'm and the games are easy enough when it comes to the 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 normal campaign, the story mode stuff that I have just yeah. always avoided that stuff because it's just never been a big deal. Totally, totally get it. Yeah, um, and then we'll we'll talk about that other one here later when uh, when we get to uh, my playthrough specifically. But the other biggest feature of of X and Y is Mega Evolution. This was it is big, literally. It's a it's a huge feature that that a lot of people, myself included, were extremely excited about. And one of the things I deal with with Pokemon, and from from your talk to me off pod before we before we started recording this, you, you kind of have this too. There is there's this want, this desire to play a Pokemon game with only the new Pokemon. Yep. Ed. I, you know, I have I have my Charizard. There's no reason for me to play a Charizard again because I have my Charizard. He's level 100. Um, why would I Why would I start a new Charmander to just to get another Pokemon that I already have? Um, I should be playing with the new stuff because this is a new game. And as long as there are more than six new Pokemon in a game, like You're I should be to able to make a new team, right? Right. Um, right. And one of the coolest things about mega evolution is it gave you a good reason to go back and play a good excuse to go back and play with some of your old favorites 
Um, that that Charizard, it can now become a Mega Charizard X or a Mega Charizard Y, depending on your copy of the game. And those transformations, they they weren't full evolutions, but they were kind of temporary uh, transformations in a very Digimon sort of sense. Here's the generation where Pokemon started stealing from Digimon instead of the other way around. Um, Those temporary evolutions would give you the opportunity to go, oh man, look at how cool this new way to have a Charizard is or or some of these other very popular Pokemon from from back in the day. Hey, you like Blastoise? We're gonna I give do him like a big, Blastoise. We're going to give him a big gun. Yeah. What if, you know, he has those two decently sized cannons, but what if he had just a huge howitzer <laughs> on his back? Wouldn't uh, that be cool? I got to say, so, and I know we're going to talk more about them, but it's almost like they're like, okay, send us all your fan fiction. <laughs> Give us every every bit of fan fiction you got, and somebody's like, sure. you know what? That, that, you know those cannons are good. They're, they're they they balance them out very nicely. Mm-hmm. They look really good. But you know what? If he had to have a really huge fucking cannon, yeah. and then you have like, I mean, Blastoise, like Squirtle, that whole like Squirtle the Blastoise is my favorite Pokemon of all time. But okay. it's hard to deny how cool Charizard got treated in this in comparison. Like Blastoise are just like. You know, they could have done so much there, but they mm-hmm. just like, yeah, yeah, give him a big gun. And give him little guns on his arms, too. That's good. Three guns. <laughs> boom. Done. He's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. It, like, this was this was such a cool feature at the time for, for what we said. But uh, to explain the feature a little bit more, we, we said it was this temporary evolution. The idea here is in combat, once per battle, as a free action, you can temporarily evolve a, a single Pokemon for a single battle. And... When you do that, it would open up new abilities for for those Pokemon. Pokemon, it wouldn't change your moves, the moves that you had assigned to that Pokemon. But sometimes it would change their typing. Sometimes it would change their uh, their innate ability. So for somebody like Charizard, uh, most of the most of the Pokemon starters have some kind of uh, ability that's like when they're below thirty percent health or something, they do higher damage with their specific type like uh i think so with charizard it's hey it does more it boosts its fire attacks when it's below 30 which is you know fine but when you upgrade it to a mega's charizard y that gives it a new ability i think that ability is called drought it's the one that that just makes it uh, an automatic sunny day, sunny right? day yeah yeah so the the sunlight turns harsh and it makes it very viable for a Pokemon like that to have the move Solar Beam. Because Solar Beam usually has to charge on the first turn and then attacks on the second turn. But if it's a sunny day out, if the sun is harsh in the game's it's language, just nasty. you can shoot one turn, fire, or one turn Solar Beams. Which for a Fire Pokemon that is countered by Water Pokemon, to have one of the most powerful grass moves available to you immediately and without having to charge it up is a big deal. And, and that was yep. uh, a, a fun combination that I got. And it's one of the reasons I like Charizard Y better than Charizard X, even though Charizard X objectively is cooler. It's, it's a fucking not black even, dragon with blue yeah. flames coming out of its, it's mouth. It's, it's not even a comparison. I mean, yeah, it is a comparison because what you're talking about <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And yes, Charizard Y can probably kick Charizard X's ass yeah. any day of the week. But Pokemon is also, I mean, especially in this one, I mean, fashion. Fashion was a big deal here. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't be going to France and not 
you know, way heavier on, on the fashion of this. And, and Charizard X still, because I believe that even in like Pokemon Go, when they brought in some elements there, uh, that was the, the Pokemon styling that they went with with Charizard. And I think that that's what they definitely advertise. If I remember correctly, they really leaned in heavily on, on that black mm-hmm. Charizard. And it's, 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 it, it's really good, man. It's, it's one of the coolest looking variations of, of not just a Pokemon, but I think a beloved video game character. I think Charizard X might be one of the most universally accepted variations on what people say don't touch because it's almost perfect as it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and it deals with water types in its own way. Like it changes its typing from fire flying to fire dragon. So yeah. dragon uh, is naturally strong against water or water is weak against it, I should say. Yeah. So it, it somewhat negates Charizard X's weakness to water. And, sure. and that's, you know, a different way of dealing with water types, but just like also it just rectified something in our heads like charizard's a fucking dragon why was it not a dragon type because holy shit look at that thing it's got fucking wings it breathes fire it's a fucking dragon and yep. finally game freaks like you know what here's a way for us to tell people like yeah you're right it was a dragon the whole time totally <laughs> totally um so charizard's a relatively unique case uh charizard and mewtwo both got x and y yeah mega evolution variants um, there were a handful of other Pokemon here that got that got a single Mega Evolution. I'll run down the list here pretty quickly. Uh, Venusaur, Charizard, X and Y, uh, Blastoise, Alakazam, Kangaskhan, Pinsir, Gyarados, Aerodactyl, Mewtwo, X and Y, Ampharos, Sizer, Heracross, Houndoom, Tyranitar, Blaziken, uh, Gardevoir, Mawile, Agron, Metacham, Manectric, Benet, Absol... Latios and Latios, which I think would mega evolve into the same thing. It would be purple. So like one of them was blue, one of them was kind of reddish pink, and no matter which one you had, when you mega evolved, they would turn into a purple one um, that looked the same. Uh, Garchomp, Lucario, and Abomasnow. So those those are the only ones from this generation. More would be introduced in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, as well as Primal primal evolutions which you got yes. out on and kyogre and, and yes. Rayquaza. um and, and there's a pr- kind of funny story that i'll talk about when i get to my playthrough uh, about mega evolution as well uh but yeah that's that is that's the group there it is it is mostly pokemon from the very first generation some from generation two um a few from Generation Three and only two from from Earth Three Three Two. There, yes, two or three from Gen yes. Gen Four. Yes, Garchomp's from Gen Four, so three. Um, so you could really tell, like the, these were about going back to old favorites, and and you look at this list and you go, Charizard, uh, all the all the Gen One starters, obviously, but but then you think about Gyarados and Aerodact- Aerodactyl and Ampharos and. Uh, like Sizer, some of these are extremely fan favorite Pokemon. A thousand it, percent, totally. Like these, these are the ones that you'd go with, and and I think that was the double edged sword of of Mega Evolution. In that, while yes, it was great to go back to some of our old favorites. Yep, it made a bunch of other Pokemon pretty useless. 
that why sure. why would I ever go back to something like a Golduck if I could get the if I could get a Gyarados that could also Mega Evolve? This one can't Mega Evolve. Why would I ever use that? Like I I want the one that Mega Evolves, and right. and it just made some of those faves even more faves, and and made some Pokemon even more relevant than ever. And and that was a bummer. And and I think that's something that Game Freak noticed and has been trying to change uh in the future games so I, uh, in sun and moon we have z moves that can yeah. be applied to any pokemon and z moves were okay uh but they were kind of lame they weren't nearly as useful not nearly as cool as mega evolution and then you see in sword and shield they've they've gone to the dynamaxing and gigantamaxing which is kind of trying a combination of both any pokemon can dynamax but also here are a couple that look brand new and can do cool stuff because they're gigantamaxed and and that is similar to mega evolution but it's still not quite there and it has more rules and and limitations to how it works than than mega evolution does go ahead bobby i was really bummed so i I can tell you in the safe space that you've produced here for us tonight i shit on this idea when it was first announced mega evolution yes only because here's why i did it okay okay I'm like, when somebody's like, hey, did you know that there's like another evolution of Blastoise? I'm like, fuck you. Right. Like, no. Like, Blastoise is Blastoise. What are you talking about? They're like, no. And like, they show this like ridiculous image of him with a can. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like a temporary thing. I'm like, wait, what? Temporary evolution? That's dumb. Yeah. And I what still are you, stand. A fucking Digimon? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, now you're speaking. I had no idea. But uh, I. I'm bummed. I am bummed because, and that's fine now, like, and it works well. But I like the idea of like, hey, we're going back to favorites, and we're 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 adding new life to them. Uh, not only are they 3D now, but we're also giving you like a further evolution, so that, like there's a reason to continue playing with your Pokemon. I that's what I thought it was, and, and in a way, it kind of is. But mm-hmm. it just was like tied to a battle. I'm like, oh, they don't look cool all the time. All right, um, yeah, that was and it my is, weird little story. And it's relatively problematic in in different ways. In that, you know, Pokemon has for for as long as we've known it at this point has always had a max of two evolutions. You you can have a, a basic, a, a level one or a, a stage one and a stage two to use the the Pokemon card parlance. And Mega Evolutions. We're kind of trying to toe that line of we're not a full evolution. You can't have this permanently, but here's a way to kind of spruce up those old Pokemon, and and so I get it. And, and you know we only t- we only talk about Z moves and and Dynamaxing, Gigantamaxing, but you think about something like the Alolan versions of Pokemon, and then the Galarian versions of Pokemon as well in, in Sword and Shield, and those also are kind of trying to get to that idea of here are some of your favorites, here's some Pokemon that you remember. But we've tweaked them a little bit. And and I think those have also been relatively successful. It's cool to see, hey, these, these Pokemon have, have changed a little bit. And you can change some typing. You can change the way their moves work. And, sure. and that's kind of fun. Yeah. But there there is certainly something about Mega Evolution and, and being able to you know, tap, tap your sweet wristwatch that had your Mega Stone in it. And watching your Pokemon go fucking Super Saiyan. And, it's very uh, radical. So it's it, it's it, it's really good it, it is and i i think i'll just say it 
I don't know if I, in my limited time with the series, looking at the the moves from uh, Sun and Moon and then the the bigger moves for Sword and Shield, I don't think they've they've ever captured the magic like they did here. Like, yeah, like, I, I, I would tend to agree. Oh, I missed one. Uh, Gengar. Gengar also had a uh, had a mega evolution in this game. Uh, we we get more, like I said, in in Ruby and Sapphire. Um, but yeah, man. Bobby, do you have a favorite uh, Mega Evolution? It doesn't have to I, be from this game, but um, like just any of them. What, what's your? Uh, I, I put. The, I, I have a few that I wrote down for my notes. Of course, you know Charizard X is uh, you know mm. Lord and Savior. Sure. Uh, you, you just mentioned Gengar. I think Gengar looks real silly and and, and cool uh, with mm-hmm. his gigantic mouth. Um, but then I I I'm a big fan of Tyranitar to to, to sure. begin with. And adding all those extra fl- flares and flares around him, like the way that he looks, like I think is really cool. Uh, Blastoise by proxy, just because I love that that Pokemon, but I, I still think his is relatively dumb in comparison. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, those are those are the ones that stand out. Uh, I'll I'll give you a couple. Um, I really like Manectrix. Because uh, oh, he yeah. just turns into like a giant lightning bolt that's also still a dog somehow. Uh, I just, yeah. I really like the way that one looks. And then uh, it's maybe the most subtle Mega Evolution that there, there is, but I really like the mechanic that goes along with it, and that is Kangaskhan. Mega Kangaskhan is is cool. The little baby's that, out, right? Yeah, the baby that is in the Kangaskhan's pouch jumps out, and he's like, "Hey, I can fucking fight now!" And he does whatever the mom does. Like it, you, so you get double. double moves. So my my favorite mechanic that I would do is I would use a move called Power Up Punch. That whenever oh, cool. you used it, it'd be a relatively weak move, a weak fighting move. But whenever you used it, your attack would go up. And so the mom would use Power Up Punch, and the attack would go up. And then the baby would use Power Up Punch. And because Mega Kangaskhan, despite being two Pokemon, is still technically one Pokemon in the game, right? Um, the baby's move is already powered up because the mom just used it, and then oh when my it God, uses it, it powers it up again. So you're just doubling the effect of power up punch every time you use it, and you could just steamroll stuff if you got it set up right. And oh, it was so dirty. I loved it. God, that is po- po- that is sometimes a way to really stick it to him. You know. Now, Bobby, the so we mentioned one of the drawbacks with Mega Evolution is that not every Pokemon could participate and i want to ask you that okay. there's there are other pokemon evo- uh, mega evolutions in ruby and sapphire that we haven't talked about here um so if you touch on one of those that's fine but do you know of a pokemon that doesn't have a mega evolution that you think deserves one or you'd like to see or you just wish had it back in the day i've got three okay i also have three I think first up, I think Skarmory. Ooh, yeah. But I'm thinking like, just make it a fucking jet. Just make it look like a fighter jet, <laughs> and just have it go full tilt. I think that would be awesome. Like just, I'd, I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm. Like sim- similar to the way that uh, Mega Sal- Salamence is in in yep. Ruby and Sapphire, where just it just the... gets that big single mono wing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that'd be real cool. Uh, I know that. I think people kind of shit on this Pokemon, but I really like Torterra, and 
I think that just with like the bonsai tree on the back, like in my mind, that becomes a mountainous region. Sure. Uh, and I thought that would be really cool, like just further that like having like waterfalls and shit coming off of the back. Like I think you can make that look really cool. Um, and that, that is what and that then, Pokemon's based on too. Like that that's yeah. the the lore where you know uh, you also see it in in uh, Majora's like Mask where you have that that large turtle that that has yep. the world on its back and and plenty yep. of other things as well. And I think uh, um, the did you just say Detective Pikachu? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that that absolutely is. Like here's this giant Torterra yep. that has this huge landmass on its back. That's that's what you're looking for, and I'm all for yes. it. That's great. Uh and this I, I don't know how fair this is. because um, I I kind of just was looking at uh Sword and Shield. Uh-huh. And uh, I think Toxel deserves a mega evolution. Ooh. Um What do you see out of that? So I think I, I thought a lot about this one uh, because I think Toxel's posture reminds me a lot, specifically from uh, the sequel to Gremlin. So Gremlins Two, there's mm-hmm. the way that Toxel kind of just hunches around. He, he looks like a gremlin, and there's the gremlin that gets to go through power lines and phones and stuff. That's just literally electricity, almost mm-hmm. kind of like what's the little? Um, it, it, oh my god, it's a Pokemon that can be like a toaster and other things. Oh, Rotom. Yeah. Kind of in a sense how that is, but I'm saying like he's flashing a lot, he's amped up, and mm-hmm. like he's just pure electricity. Okay, that's just that's just got bubbles of ooze coming off of him because he's poisoned too. Yeah, so so just to just to be clear for for our folks uh, listening, Toxel is the the stage one or the the basic Pokemon. Toxtricity is the the evolution. That's what and I mean. Then, Sorry, I, I know I know it's what you meant. Uh, yeah. That Pokemon does have a Gigantamax version that I think it's more he, he like... He becomes like a lizard, right? Yeah, I mean, he always was like a salamandery kind of thing, but he's even more salamandery, he, but also like a electric guitar-looking thing. Because he's he's biped, he's a bipedal, right? Is that how you say that? He, like he he's starts a, at it. Yeah, yeah. He starts bipedal. But when, bipedal, thank you. But when he goes to his uh, Gigantamax, he's on all fours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he has, like, to your point, because he, he is, like, I would describe this Pokemon as radical and very much sure. like an, an 80s hair metal way. And, and, and also, one of the bummers about Toxtricity is that it's got those two versions in Sword and Shield, where it's the yeah. yellow electricity and the blue electricity that, that look a little bit different. But the yep. gigantic Gigantamax, no matter which version you have, is always the right. same. And that's yep. kind of a lame thing. Uh, I, I still like that. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that Gigantamax is relatively disappointing. So I would, I would love to see it get a different third version-y kind of thing. Hon- honorable mention, another Sword and Shield uh, dragon. Uh, my gosh, the the Ghost Dragon. Um, the Ghost Dragon. Um, he's he's got the yeah the like the 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 stealth fighter head mm-hmm. with like little torpedoes. God, what is that one called? Dragon put. Or something like that. Dragapult, yeah, like Dragapult. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Uh, let, me, I don't, let me look it up I, just to make sure. I don't know because I'm just not kind of coming to it thinking about that game. Yeah. I don't know what a, a mega evolution there would be, but <laughs> uh, I like that Pokemon a whole lot. That was my favorite Pokemon from Sword and yeah. Shield. Uh, but yeah, I think that for me, Skarmory and Torterra, I've really put some thought into. Same with Toxicity. Uh, those are the ones that I would like to see get something there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Skarmory, I think, is a fantastic one. I, that, that's one I've been hoping for, just unevolution of. Mm-hmm. Right? G- give us whatever. Right? Give us something. This this thing is too cool to yep. be this generally weak. Like it, it needs something to boost its stats and to make it a little cooler, because it's an awesome Pokemon already. It just needs help. Uh, my three are, are generally some other fan favorites. A couple of Gen 1s and a Gen 3 here. Uh, Nido King, and, and I guess Queen as Ooh. well, but like Nido King, he's already got some spiky stuff going on. Yeah, I'd buddy. like to see that kind of Tyranitar treatment where it just gets even bigger and bigger, ridiculous spikes. Maybe have yeah. like some weird purple crown on it to, to really send the King Ooh. thing going on. I like that that'd a be, whole lot. That'd be very rad to me. Like a poison uh, crown almost? Yeah, I mean, that's what it is already. It's already yeah. poison crown. So, oh, poison crown, you said. A poison crown. Yes, got you, got you. I'm, I'm with you. You know what would also be cool is if it if it got like a, a shield and a, and like a lance. Ooh, so it yes, was, yeah. So it was like more knight-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Or like a big kind of scepter. That'd be neat. Um, another one, like one of my fan favorites. Uh, I think a lot of people like it. It's the pseudo-legendary from Gen 1, and that's Dragonite. Like Dragonite... Mm-hmm. I, I think could could just have something cool. I, I don't exactly know what you do. Like it's so nice and friendly. I'd like to see a version of it that just gets fucking rad and and dark as shit. Uh, but I could also see uh, it doing the the way that Ampharos is Mega Ampharos, where it just gains that giant mane of hair. Yeah. I could see Mega Dragonite having something similar, where it just has maybe, maybe you. Uh, Maybe use it more like Lance. Like, try to give it, like, a big cape. Uh, like, do something cool that way. Like, make it, give it some spiky hair. Make it look kind of like Drance, uh, Drance, Lance the Dragon Tamer. I, I could see, like, even, like, almost like a Brontosaurus body. Because, mm. I mean, it's pretty, you know, Dratini and all that shit, like, going into it. Like, it's, it's very much snake-like and slender, and then... Um, you know, he becomes he very. Just gets a beefy boy. <laughs> he becomes a very, very thick, beefy boy. What if he got like a long neck and all a tail and did some stuff with that? Because he has, he's got little wings, right? Yeah, like his wings are very tiny. I, I would love to see the Mega Evolution just get giant wings to really or, or, or just even bigger, but if, more beef, smaller wings as he gets big. Sure. Just <laughs> lean into sure. it. Yeah, I mean, you could you could do like the the more like Chinese dragons where it just gets longer and yeah. and has more sets of those little wings as it goes yeah. as it goes down the body. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, and then my last one. Speaking of beefy boys, make a bigger Waylord. Just make it bigger. <laughs> just bigger. <laughs> like just a fucking Hindenburg of a goddamn whale. No. <laughs> Don't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, make it just a fucking blimp. Yeah, yeah. Take it out or, of the sea, put mm, it into the well, air. Now I'm thinking, yeah, like make it a water flying at that yes. point. That'd be yes. great. Uh, I, I could also see that being drift blim. Like, you, mm-hmm. you have the balloon, and then you have the, the hot air balloon. But then if that thing was just like a fucking Hindenburg, if that had a mega evolution, no, dude, like, rad. I just like, if, if, <laughs> if Whale Lord had a mega evolution, the screen just goes navy. It's yes. just uh, it's just blue. There's, yeah, I, I think that's my that's what I want even more. I, I don't need it to do anything or look any different. Just make it even bigger. That's you know what? There, 
There's gotta be. I'm gonna look this up. Mega <laughs> Evolution Whale Lord, because there's gotta sure, be somebody. Of that course, has, there's fan art. Of course, there is. Oh there's my gotta god! Be something. Uh, let me see. While you're talking, let me pull this up here. Uh, whale. Or, or what if it was just so big? What if it's more like a like the way that Mega Gengar is, where it kind of has its limbs into the ground? What if it was just like this big maw? And and it was opened up, so it's more like like the the Joseph and the whale kind of thing, where you can see Ooh, things yeah. in its mouth. So it's kind of like reverse Torterra. It's not everything on its back; it's everything just it... in its mouth. It's got like a whole ecosystem in there. Uh, so I'm looking at some stuff here. One of these looks like Lantern. Is it Lantern? That was a Pokemon, right? Yeah. It looks like Lantern mixed with it. It's got like okay. I see four fins. It's got these big catfish okay. whiskers. And, uh, I'm, and see, I'm seeing, I'm seeing this on the on the fan art that I'm. Oh, on. dude, I got it. Nobody's done it on here. Here's what it should be. Okay, it should be a nar like he should be a narwhal, narwhal oh, lord. Like it just gets a giant spike on yes. the on the front. I would, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, there's some good ones. Ooh, I like this one where somebody kind of did the 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 great wave of Kamigawa. You know, oh, the yeah. Japanese woodblock print. Like you yeah. just give you give it all those sorts of waves that are going on around it, so it's just built into that. That'd be rad. You're right, you're, pull, got... you're pulling that Kylo Ren. You're looking at Whale Lord, and you're Kylo Ren firing on Luke Skywalker, just shouting more. You just want more, <laughs> more, more. Uh, <laughs> just gets bigger. God. Uh, well. As we continue to talk about Pokemon here, we still have like the actual game to get to at some point. But before we do that, uh, we're already talking about specific Pokemon. Why don't we just talk about some of our favorites of this gen? This gen added 72 new Pokemon. It brings our total up to 721 Pokemon, which is a lot. It's um, a lot. Do you have any faves from this generation? I've got four on my list, but I want to kind of hear what you got. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this Pokemon, from everything I've read online, gets uh, gets a bad rap. People really shit on it as a starter. Uh, I absolutely adore Delphox. I think Delphox hmm. and that whole line of Pokemon, like, that is such a cool Pokemon, and I love the idea of it being a mage. The whole thing that, you know, like, these are, uh, like, a warrior, rogue, and a mage. Like, I think that's really cool. And her... Or his, I think it's her having that stick. It can be either gender, yeah. Yeah, that that it pulls out of its tail when it's doing these really cool fire moves. I think is awesome. I like the noise it makes. I like the look. I just really like that Pokemon a whole lot. And I think Psychic Fire is a cool combo because it's it's just a really neat combo. Um, I think you and I will have the same one here. Uh, I think Howlucha is one of the coolest Pokemon. And full stop. He, like he's up there. He, he's definitely up there. He's he's very cool. I did not pick him on on mine, but yes, I I agree. Uh, I really like um, uh, Heliolisk. Uh, is that his yeah. name? Yeah. Uh huh. It's kind of like the Dilophosaur from mm-hmm. from uh, Jurassic Park. Yep, I like that Pokemon a whole lot. And then I know this is a weird one because I feel like it it, it looks so different. That it shouldn't belong here uh, as a Pokemon, but maybe in like another series. But I really like uh, Tyrantrum a whole lot too. Yes, he's he is on my list. Like, yeah, he, he is the best fossil Pokemon they've ever made. Easily, easily, easily. It's so, it's so easy. He he is just a big Tyrannosaurus Rex, but yep. holy shit, he looks so cool. 
And he hits like yeah. a fucking truck, too. Yeah. He's a rock dragon, I believe. Yeah. I He was on my actual team. And, and boy, howdy, he is aggressive. Yeah, there's some there's some great typings on that, um, and then I like the name too. I mm-hmm. uh, like Tyrantrum going on a, a tantrum. That's great. Um, yep. So I have I have a couple here that that didn't get mentioned. Uh, you said Delphox. I I'm gonna be the basic bitch here and go. Uh, you know, Greninja fucking rules. Uh, it, I think it's it, one he of does. the coolest he does. starters they've ever made. Yeah, his tongue is a scarf. Like, come on, his tongue's like, a scarf. That's <laughs> so good. He fires like water shuriken out. He was in Smash Brothers for God's sakes. He's a cool ass Pokemon. He's uh, very cool, and his and uh, shiny variant is awesome. His shiny variant's good. Uh, there's the Ashes Greninja that you can get in in um, in uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Sun and Moon. That yep. if you so you can get the anime one that has like the little red stripe on it. That's very cool. I. Mm, Greninja's just so it's good. good. And Water Dark, I think, is also a, a fun, great, great combo. As well. Yeah. It's a great Pokemon. Uh, I had Tyrantrum, uh, Aegislash. Uh, some people think that the, the a Pokemon that's just a sword, kind of lame. I was a big fan. Going from Hone yeah. Edge, or it's a single sword, to the double sword, and then Aegislash having the big shield and sword. Yeah. I like the mechanics that go along with that, where you can have the defensive mode using the shield. Or the offensive mode where the sword part comes out. Uh, I'm a big Greek mythology buff, so the idea of the sure. Aegis um, being being incorporated into a Pokemon, I think, is really cool. Um, it's I mean, it's also my favorite weapon in Hades when when I play that yeah. game is is the Aegis Shield. I'm I'm a big fan of that, uh, and I think that Pokemon's great. Ghost and Steel, I think, is also a, an incredibly cool typing to, to go absolutely. Well. Uh, and then my last one is Noivern, Ooh, which that's, uh, is the that, bat, uh, right? I believe it's dragon flying if i'm not mistaken kind of looks like a bat though yeah it's it's like a bat uh, noi bat it starts out as noi bat which is yeah, absolutely yeah. just a bat with like big echolocation radar things on its head and then noivern where it goes into more of a dragon style thing it's just super fast yep. it, it's got a good look to it uh it is <laughs> it is my white whale uh you know other than whalelord i guess it's my white whale yeah. in pokemon go because it takes 400 fucking candies to evolve a Noibat into a Noivern. I'm sitting at 265. Are you still everywhere. playing? I'm, I am still playing every once in a while. Actually, we just had Pokemon Go Fest. This will date the podcast a little bit. We just had Pokemon Go Fest. And yep. downtown St. Louis, where I live, was hopping. Uh, people were jumping into those raids all over town. And so I was able to get a bunch of cool legendaries that I had not been able to get. Because I, I just nice. don't go raiding very often with people. Um, but I was able to sit in my apartment and, and use those remote raid there things and, and get a bunch of cool shit. Uh, so that was pretty good. But yeah, I, I really like Noivern. I think he's got some great attacks, some some really good speed. He's actually my favorite user of Extreme Speed, which is kind of just like a glorified Quick Attack, but it does way more damage than Quick Attack. Good, really good Pokemon. Awesome. Um, wow. Let's get into some sales numbers here, Bobby. X yeah. and Y have sold 16.53 million copies. That that number is uh, as of March 2021, so relatively recent. They are the highest selling Pokemon games on the 3DS, um, which you know isn't the hardest thing. The the only other Pokemon games on there, or mainline Pokemon games anyway, are uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yep. Um, and while these are actually you know huge monster numbers, they're kind of weak in terms of 
Pokemon games, like a- like actual. This is not necessarily the heyday of Pokemon. It's not not the heyday. <laughs> like Pokemon sure. is still huge, but when you think so, this this these two games sold sixteen point five three million copies. Pokemon Yellow on its own, forget Red and Blue. Pokemon Yellow on its own sold fourteen point six four just by itself. So only lagging a little bit behind. And God. that's before you count in red and blue, where it would just massacre it. Uh, it. Like Pokemon is huge, definitely, but they're those first couple gens are where it was a goddamn monster. Do you think um, that the three D shit had anything to do with that? Uh, no, I I don't think so. Like, do you like the three D being why it dipped or why it was so good? What what what's the what are you saying exactly? I I think. I think, like, if you go back to, like, what you just mentioned, like, so pulling up, like, Pokemon Red and Blue, yes, mm-hmm. it's an older game. I feel it's more accessible to a wider range of people. And I think that, because there's, there's people in my life that, this, like, my wife, Sarah, she has a hell of a time making that transition from 2D to 3D, where it's not, like, something like Animal Crossing that's very low input. But yeah. I think for people, like, navigating that realm in, like, 3D is a... It's a, it's a very bigger deal than just like, oh, I'm playing this like 8-bit retro Pokemon game. Like, I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I, I guess I can see that. I mean, you mentioned Animal Crossing as a low-impact uh, 3D world. I would say Pokemon is also pretty low-impact. I agree. You know, moment to moment, you're not in any danger. And being a turn-based game, it's it's pretty easy to you know take a break whenever you need to. Um I'll give you that it was probably like the original games were probably more accessible at the time. And I think it was probably just more of an install based thing as well. Like the, the, the sure. Game Boy was, was just such a bigger deal at that point. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that the, the, the Vita at the time was really cutting into the, the sales of Nintendo. Obviously it didn't do all that well, but right. The I feel like there was less competition back then. You had the Game Gear, you had maybe like the Wonder Swan, which wasn't really big here. Um, you had a couple other things going on the Atari Lynx, but like the Game Boy was king back then. Um, in a way that I don't think the 3DS was as much, especially when you think about something like iPhones that were out there and, and phones and tablets that were were also competing for people's dollars. Um, it, it's a good question. I, I I don't know. I, I wonder what the install based differences were between the 3DS and the and the Game Boy, and if that has anything to do with it, the, uh, the sales numbers. People might be might be getting tired too. I, yes, but similar to Call of Duty, like even though they're getting tired, they're not getting There's, that tired because the numbers are fair. Still incredibly fair. huge. I think yeah. any game would be happy to sell 16.53 million copies. Uh, Absolutely. But these weren't the best-selling games on the 3DS. Like they were, they were the best-selling Pokemon games on the 3DS. But they were only the second best-selling games. Bobby, do you have any idea what the best-selling game was on the 3DS? I'll give you a hint. It's a Nintendo game. Uh, I would say Mario 64. Ooh, that's so wrong. <laughs> Like Mario 64 DS was on the original DS, not on the 3DS. You picked a game Shit. that was never on that system. Shit. Um, Would you like to take another try? <laughs> uh, Mario Kart. 
There you go. Mario Kart 7. When in doubt, it's always Mario Kart. Uh, Mario Kart yeah. 7, which is an incredible game. Love, yeah. love that game. Um, that, that one sold more. Um, and then, last little thing here. These are actually the first Pokemon games to have a simultaneous worldwide release. Uh, we mentioned that release was October 12th, 2013. But before, before this... Pokemon games would always come out early in Japan. You'd get your... I guess they wouldn't be leaks so much, but you'd get your your magazines that would be like, oh, we have screenshots of the Japanese version. Here, here are the Pokemon that you can see. You'd get people making their, their game facts. Uh, so when, when we got them here, you'd have them immediately. But at this point, I mean, not that Game Freak didn't know that this was a huge deal, but... I think everybody was able to get on the same page. The Pokemon company was in full swing to really be able to um, keep things, keep the eye on the prize, get the 10,000 foot view, 30,000 foot view. We're able to say it makes sense to make the, like these are worldwide properties. They should be a worldwide release at the same time. So everybody can get in on the hype at once. And, uh, and ever since Pokemon games have always come out the same day in Japan, America, Europe, Australia, any any place, uh, and that's a that's a cool deal. It's nice that we don't have to wait totally. for something like that, where where we do for lots of other games still. So that is all about kind of the game ephemera feature stuff. Let's get into the actual plane of the game. This one's this part's probably going to be a little shorter, just because, I, you know, black and white. I think we're doing interesting things. Um, sure. They did interesting things by having, uh, at least the first Black and White did, where you didn't get to unlock any of the old Pokemon until you right. beat the game, until you beat the Elite Four. Uh, I loved that feature. Lots of people hated it. Like we, we mentioned the way we play these games. We try to play with the new Pokemon. So I think having a game where you only could play as the new Pokemon was really cool. Uh, people didn't like that. So sure. <laughs> Game Freak scrapped that uh, from then on. Um, so we, we definitely didn't get that here. But Black and White was also doing something really interesting in that I think it was asking more interesting questions. I mean, the, these games are still kids' games, for sure. But Black and right. White was touching on topics like, should we actually be owning Pokemon? Should we have... Uh, is this master idea? Uh, you know, yes, you're, you say you're friends with the Pokemon, but also you keep them in Pokeballs. You, you keep them trapped. Right. Yeah. Are you? Is this really the right way to do things? And you know, they they throw that away at the end because the 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 team was the team rocket equivalent was just like, well, we needed people to get rid of their Pokemon so we could have all the Pokemon. God. But it was asking good questions, and this game does not do that. It it goes back to kind of the stock story of what if you were just in this town, you had right. this time you have a group of friends uh, that are all I relatively like one dimensional. I, I they they are fun. They all are one-dimensional, though. Here is here is the guy who wants to battle. Here is the right. guy who cares about the moves. Here is the the girl who just wants you know the sweet Pokemon and wants to you know breed them or do whatever. And then here's the guy who just wants to dance. <laughs> Loves to dance. God, it's so it is like just a Saturday morning cartoon with the it really does. Crew. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like some kind of slice of life anime where everybody's just kind of getting it, together and having fun. I did appreciate, I, looking back on my first playthrough and then my most recent one, there was something to be said about this group of people that were kind of doing this journey with you and, and, and really cheering you on because 
you know, like, yes, it's a kid's game. You leave home on your own to go and travel and catch Pokemon and be the best. But mm-hmm. to have this group, like, it, it gives me at times like a Goonies vibe where it's like, hey, we're going to overcome this and do it. And I, I really, like, it had its John Hughes moments, right, where it was like trying to yeah. pull on, on that. And I thought that was cool. But there's, overall... There's something also interesting that the, the goal of this game is not necessarily to catch them all. Like in previous generations, it's we need you to fill up the Pokedex because we need to know about all these Pokemon. But in this game, it is, hey, we've heard of this thing called Mega Evolution is happening, and we want to know more about right. that. So the game is more focused on learning about Mega Evolution. I don't think it pays it off all that well. You don't really learn why Pokemon can Mega Evolve. It just... You, it just, they just can, and now you have the power to do it. Sure. Um, but I, I think it is cool, at least, that it, it, it tries something slightly different in that it's not telling you you have to catch them all. And, in fact, that's something Game Freak would go on a couple generations later to go, hey, actually, you can't even catch them all. They're not please here. Stop, please stop saying that. It's not It's not our goal anymore. We don't need you to catch used them to all. Ca- it's not got to catch them all. It's used to catch them all. Exactly. Um yeah, so so uh, let, let's talk a little bit about starters here. Uh, I have in my notes, <laughs> and I imagine you disagree based on what you just said earlier, um, I can't imagine a gen that was so one-sided in terms of starters. Froakie is the only choice here. The others are just so bland. Frog Ninja wins every time. Um, but uh, it seems I love like Bobby Del made Fox, an impassioned case for Delphox. I, I can see it. Uh, the typing is great, for sure. Yeah, typing's cool, and I, you know, I was, re- I don't, I haven't talked about it on this show. I definitely talked about it on the last time we did one of these, but I am uh, a water Pokemon at heart. I mentioned Blastoise and the Squirtle family. I, I literally have a print of Squirtle looking at me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I was playing like Pokemon growing up, and like even these games, I would always gravitate towards the water type. See, I was and, always the fire type, so I think it's real interesting that for this gen we've switched. And I did start with. Uh, Actually, you know what? I remember now. When I got my copy, because I bought it used, uh, I, the, the person didn't erase their cart. And so I just loaded up their save, and like they had this level 100 um, uh, Greninja. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize that I would be getting the starter for Greninja in this game. I thought that was really cool. Um, it was awesome. It was just really, really great to, to see that. And it, it is a cool Pokemon, but I remember... Like being pretty blown away by like, wow, the Delphox is kind of rocking over there and, and doing some cool shit. And uh, I started this playthrough with Delphox, and it worked out in my favor because I was able to get a pretty kick-ass water Pokemon that I've maybe talked about already. Um, yeah, but... I, I, and that's usually the reason I gravitate gravitate towards fire is there's just usually fewer fire Pokemon in in the mm-hmm. games. Water Pokemon, you're going to run into a bunch. There's always water Pokemon. There's yep. a bunch of cool water Pokemon in every gen easy yep. grass is also usually real easy to find but yep. fire is a little more difficult uh, especially to find a good one and the starter ends up being one of your more useful ones every time mm-hmm. so I, that's i think that's usually how i've justified it to myself first gen it was easy like charmander rules i, I squirtle's cool charmander is the fucking best <laughs> um squirt hey squirtle so, will beat charmander every time y- you know you're not wrong on that uh, but he would so, not beat a Mega Charizard Y, I'll tell you that. No, 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 no. <laughs> then it, then but, it'd be a real fight. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I think we can both agree though. Chesspin. Yeah, 
not not my favorite. I, I like the first. I like the first uh, version, the basic version. Yeah, but I don't love the evolutions. Uh, grass no. fighting, I think, is an interesting typing. Uh, we we did get some good dual typings for every Pokemon here, but it yeah. just looks kind of lame. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan. Yep, agreed. Yeah. So, Bobby, when I came into this game, I decided I, when I do these podcasts of, of these games because I've always I've already played all these games. You know, at least once, if not many times before. So I, I try to switch it up a little bit from the way I play. Um, I, I remember when I had Pierce Corshane on for Diamond and Pearl, we we did kind of like a gym leader team where we randomly picked a typing and we had to only use Pokemon of that typing. Um, I I don't think I've. I, I mean, I how did, how did, did you like solve a, that the typing thing though? Like you you just said we can only use these. Well, yeah, we did. We did like a random. Um, Got it. Got we, it. Yeah, we did a randomizer thing that would just land. I mean, I think we did like one to seventeen, and then whatever it said, we'd cor- we'd correlate that to the number of on the type, and then because there were seventeen types at that point, and then we'd say, okay, That's cool. you got you got ice. Uh, I think I was. I think I was grass. That's really uh, I think cool. some I think some we might have eliminated because you know you're not going to be able to find dragons that early in the game, but uh, we ended up getting to a point. I think he got flying, which I thought was bullshit because there's just so many dual types that are flying, and then I got grass, um, which was which was interesting because there weren't that many good grass types, and I had to really lean on something like a right. snow who who had a like here's a good dual type that's ice and grass. I can actually yeah. use something other than just grass moves on this one. Um, so that was kind of cool. I've done like a, a light Nuzlocke run. I didn't quite do a Nuzlocke run uh, for Black and White or Black and White 2. I can't remember which one that one was. But, um, but you know, I, I try to play these a little bit differently. And one of the other features of this game that we didn't mention um, that was another part of the, the player search system is Wonder Trading, which oh, is, yeah. without a doubt, one of my favorite things Pokemon has ever done, and I'm so glad they have kept it in since X and Y, and it's been a feature that has been in every Pokemon game since. Uh, Wonder Trading, for those who are not familiar, is basically just a blind trade with somebody else on the internet. You you put up a Pokemon, it gets thrown into the ether, it connects you with another player at random, and they send you one back. And... It's a roll of the dice. Man. So who knows what you could get? Remember when you told me, because like Wonder Training, you talked about that. You and Johnny got really into it for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about it in the casual hour. And I start playing. I'm like, all right, hey, I can start Wonder Training. You're like, don't do it. Just play the game. I'm like, <laughs> why? Because like you all are getting like these crazy level 100 shinies and shit. I'm like, I want one of those. And you're like, because this is stupid and it's not for you. Don't play it this way. Just play the game. Yeah, it would ruin the game for you. If you if you came in... So, so to explain what Bobby's talking about a little bit more, um, these days there are some Twitch channels that are dedicated yeah. to making a bunch of fake Pokemon or they, they are used with the hex values to make them quote-unquote real Pokemon. So you, you are still able to use them and trade them, and, and Nintendo's not going to come for them or anything like that. But um, it, it's just channels that have built all of these Pokemon that are shiny, level 100s, and uh, of, of you know whatever types. And 
all the channel does is is just wonder trades all day, twenty four seven. And it's nuts. If, it's if so you nuts. are, and you can slightly game it by watching one of these channels and trying to wonder trade. Like take take into account the the Twitch um, lag, the 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 little bit of the delay between what that channel is doing and what you're seeing. So you kind of yep. try to to time it just right to see hey, if I'm in the right moment, maybe I can be the one that connects to whatever that channel name is and then get the Pokemon. And a bunch of other people are doing this too. So you know it's a crapshoot. But sometimes you yeah, it's that like a game shoot. show almost. Yes. Uh, so I've ended, up getting, uh, I've ended up getting multiple level 100 shinies based on that, uh, and it's fun. It's silly. It's it's dumb. There, there's there's many easier ways to get level 100 shinies. Um, you don't have to do it this way, but it is something that's there in the wonder trading thing. So when Bobby was playing for the first time, you don't want level 100s. They're not going to listen to you. It's going to no. be a terrible experience. You don't want that. Um, no. But I decided for this playthrough to try, try something different. I wanted to play this game with an entirely Wonder Traded team. Um, huh. Catch catch the first six Pokemon that I find, trade them, and then whatever six I got from the Wonder Trading, which could be anything, those would be the Pokemon I'd be stuck with for the rest of the run. And I thought that'd be fun. Uh, oh, how wrong I was, Bobby. <laughs> um, this, it, was, it, it sounds good on paper. It does. It just was... Uh, and I had fun once I got my team locked down, but it was so much harder than than what I thought to just get... to just trade six Pokemon and to use the six Pokemon I got. Um, here's... Let me, let me run through uh, what, I, what I got here. Um, so while most of the time Wonder Trading get, sees you getting something less useful, uh, something less than useful back, you know, you'll get lots of zigzagoons or pidgeys or something like that. Sure. Uh, sometimes you'll you'll end up with something surprisingly good, or even in the case that we talked about uh, those level one hundred shinies. Um, and and what is also interesting is that these trades, unlike the other way that you can trade in this game using the global trade system. To, to trade a Pokemon in that, you have to already have the entry for that Pokemon. So Correct. you it kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. You, you can't get something that you don't already have uh, out of that system, which yeah, kind of sucks. Yes, yes. Um, but with Wonder Trading, because it's all random, they just throw you a Pokemon. So it could be something you don't have in your Pokedex, which is pretty cool. Uh, anyway, Absolutely. so spice up the replay, I decided to Wonder Trade six times, use whatever Pokemon I got... Uh, and, and you couldn't trade it. You could evolve it, though. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Whatever I got, I could evolve it. I could give it whatever moves I wanted to. I just yes. had to use that Pokemon for the run. So, okay. the first Pokemon I got was a shiny, level 100 Vivillian, uh, which is the Firebug type. And I went, fuck. <laughs> this, is, this is cool. I'm glad I got this. But also, I can't use this because in, in the way the Pokemon's mechanics work... If you uh, if you have a Pokemon, if you don't have the the right gym badges, you need to collect gym badges that will um, that will make Pokemon obey you or respect you, I guess in a way, um, from whatever level down. So you'll start with you'll you'll get to a gym and it'll go, oh, you got this badge. Pokemon level thirty and under will listen to you now, no matter what. But if you go higher than that on a Pokemon, if he gets up to like level thirty five or something, it might stop listening to you. 
It might start loafing around. That, it might even fall asleep. So you, you you had to get all the way to was that Snowbell City? You, you have to get you, to the eighth gym before you get the, the the last gym is the one that says all Pokemon will obey you no matter what their level is. Um, so that's a pain in the ass. That is a wasted slot at that point because it, it's not wasted. The Pokemon will eventually do what you say, but it's like one out of twenty. Um, and right. and also it's a level one hundred, so it's never going to die. So I'm just going to sit there tapping, 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 and hoping it uses the attack, and it, it would just be terrible. Glad I got it. Definitely threw it into my uh, you know the the Pokemon app, the, the the box app. So now I have it, Pokemon Home. Right. But useless to me in this. Okay, that one's out. Uh, we're okay. Um, so. I allowed myself another trade. After some more trading, um, I ran into the... <laughs> I ran into people just giving me the same shit. I, I, I had a team of six Zigzagoons at one point. I'm like, this is not fun either. That this would have been be, wild to see, though. It would have sucked. It would have been so slow. It would sure. have been awful. I would have hated sure. that. So, I then added a new rule. I would not allow duplicate Pokemon. Just to make it a little, little bit more interesting. I didn't want to have a thousand zigzagoons. Um, <laughs> while I'm doing this, I also got another very cool but very useless shiny level 100 Darmanitan. Cannot do anything with this. I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I also Dar- got a few Gengars that were like level 30 and 45. I'm like These are so close, but they also what? have the same problem. Oh god, I forgot. Darmanitan is really cool. Yeah, he's very cool, like a big fire fire owl looking thing. I'm I'm here for it. I just can't use a level 100 shiny one. Uh, and yeah. the Gengars also very cool. I can't do anything with these Pokemon for a very long time. I I want to have something you know level one, level five, whatever you can give me. Absolutely. Anyway, here is the list I eventually got to after way more trading than I thought it would take. So you're doing the trading. You're not doing the duplicates. Correct. You're not doing all Zigzagoons. Yeah. So Oops, all Zigzagoon. Okay. No, number one Pokemon, Zigzagoon. I, I had to keep one of those Pokemon. Um, of course. And, and you know, it was useful. It was something I could throw a bunch of HMs on. It can surf. It can use strength. It can use cut. It was a, a very useful one. Uh, actually, wait. It might not be able to know cut. I don't know. Uh, but it could, it could learn a lot of HMs, and that was useful. Yeah. Uh, I got a Weedle. Which I thought was going to be very good because Beedrill has a Mega Evolution. Cool, yeah. I get to show off Mega Evolution. Uh, that Mega Evolution doesn't show up until Ruby <laughs> Alpha Alpha Sapphire and Omega oh, Ruby. No. No. So it actually wasn't useful, but I still got to use Beedrill, and Beedrill was pretty good, uh, <laughs> which was a bummer for me. Um, I got a Halucha, one of the Pokemon that you mentioned, which was my All Star. I loved Halucha. He was super Dude, great. How, it was something how that Lucha could use just fly. Mops. So good. So, so good. Mops. Uh, fighting flying. Looks great. Has some cool exclusive moves to it. Great Pokemon. Uh, I got a Tentacool, which sucks, but it's fine. It, he'll he'll work. I can I can make it work. He can learn some good moves. Sure. Uh, I got a Poochiena, which is uh, the the dark dog. Not not Hound not Hound which is the best dark dog. But uh, the Poochiena, which turns into Mightyena, um, and it's, you know, it's fine. It's a solid little dog. It can learn some stuff. Uh, And it's Dark-type, which is relatively useful. And the last one, 
which made this run very interesting for me. I got an Eevee. Hmm. Which which just meant I had so many options available to me. What do I do turn think, this Eevee into? Do you what think do, that's almost like this crazy like bingo tile? Yeah, like, it's a, mean, it's a free space, right? Yeah, so I'm looking at my team going like, okay, this is cool. I, I'm really happy I got this because now it, it lets so much more challenge and interest go in here of, well, what does my team need? I've got, I've got a uh, normal type. I've got a bug poison. I've got a flying fighting. I've got a poison water. And I've got a dark type. So, you know, I don't have an electric type. Should I get a Jolteon? Um, yeah. I don't have a fire type. Should I go Flareon? Uh, I love Umbreon, but I have a dark type already, so that one's probably not great. Uh, you know, Sylveon is the new is the new fairy type in this. I don't have a fairy right. type. Maybe I should go with that. Uh, but I ended up going with my heart, and my heart said, uh, "You don't know when you're getting these fucking evolutionary stones that you would need for a bunch of these evolutions. So, what if you just tried to up its friendship, play during the day, and get an Espeon, which is a psychic type." You know you could use that. Espeon is cracked how good it is. That would be great. Well, my question uh, so for you, really quick, on that. Go for it. Yeah. You, you can't have a full gaggle or crew or whatever you call it, zigzagoons. Yeah. If for some reason, uh-huh. <laughs> the fate's allowed, and you had got six Eevees, what if you yeah. kept it? Because they're technically different. Y- yeah, I probably would have kept it. But I also would have hated it because I wouldn't have anything that could fly. Uh, and fly is such a useful thing in this game. I probably yeah. would have allowed myself to catch something that would fly and then only use five of the Eevees and then never use the thing and never battle with the thing that could fly but only use it to fly. Okay, That's probably what I would have done. Yeah. But e- even so, I got to make a fun decision. The problem was because these Pokemon are also all traded Pokemon they gain experience faster than other Pokemon do, which meant yep. they were out-leveling things, which is cool until they out-level things and don't listen to me anymore. Uh, and also in Eevee's case, I needed it to have a low level, but also a good friendship stat so I could evolve it into Espeon as early as possible so then it could learn its good psychic moves. If, if it leveled up too much as an Eevee, it would get past the point where it would learn some of those great psychic moves. How do you get an Espeon again? uh, You have to have max friendship with the Eevee, and it has to be during the day. It has to level up at one point during the day. If it's at night, it becomes an Espeon, or it becomes an Umbreon. Um, Which wasn't too bad, but I didn't have good ways of upping my friendship with my Eevee. You you can keep it in the front slot, you can walk around with it. right. Um, I didn't have access to the massages or whatever that you can get for your Pokemon. Oh, God, and you had friendship. to get the friendship up. Shit. Uh, I didn't have the, uh, is it the Shell Bell? There, there's some item mm-hmm. that you can give it that, that uh, it makes a it shell a little bell. friendlier. And I didn't have access to those things. So I just kind of <clears> had to do it the old-fashioned way and hope. And, of course, it leveled up too much, and I missed Psybeam, which is the move I really needed it to learn so I didn't get the psychic move I needed until like level 54 or something to get actual psychic. And at that point, I had Pokemon that could already kind of steamroll everything. It made it, it made it kind of rough. It's still a good Pokemon in general, but to not have anything actually psychic was, was pretty bad in the run. Um, Damn. 
let's we're not going to talk about the whole the whole game here and the whole story here. I will say uh, I think X and Y you know, Pokemon has had uh, Pokemon in general that series has had a tough time with starting. Um, you, you have a lot of games, especially the first couple generations, where you have to go on errands, you have to deliver that package for Professor Oak, then you have to go back, right, then you have to right. go back again. Uh, in in Gen two, it's even worse because you have to go all the way back and get this egg, and then go all the way back again. That sucks. It just makes for a very slow start. This game, I think, starts fairly quickly. You can run right right out of the gate. You get the roller skates before the first gym, which lets you move yep. even faster. Uh, in fact, I I never used the bike because the roller skates were just why would you easier? Yeah, it was it was super easy. You get your starter immediately you don't have to go through a whole song and dance for that uh there is an optional tutorial for how to use the town map uh, which you can skip which is great there is a mandatory tutorial on catching pokemon but other than that boom you're out there and and even when you get to the first forest santa loon forest santa santa lune santa loon uh forest it's just north of the first town and you can catch so many different types of pokemon here i i needed to catch them so i could wonder trade them but you can leave that forest with your starter, which would be fire, water, or grass. You'd have that. But then when you get in out of that forest, you can have bug, poison, flying, water, fire, grass, electric. You can have any combination of those Pokemon. Because you, you go into a forest. bug battle, right? Like that's after the forest, you go into a bug gym, correct? Uh, yes. the The first gym is Viola and her bugs. So, but you can get. A flying Pokemon, you can get a fire Pokemon if you just hang out in that forest enough. They give you so they can, you can have a balanced team immediately yep. in this game, and I think that's rad. That's that that's is smart. Great. That's smart. Less than half hour in, you can have a team that could take you all the way to the end. That's that's great. Good stuff. Um, we we talked about Mega Evolution um, and and how uh, I think it's Professor what's his name Sycamore. Yeah, Professor Sycamore is the uh, professor here. He wants to learn about Mega Evolution. He gives you your Pokedex and, and your Pokemon and sends you off to, to learn about what Mega Evolution is. Um, and then some of the other players here. You meet Lysander, who is uh, who seems like maybe like an eccentric guy, but maybe not necessarily a bad guy. But, of course, he is the bad guy. <laughs> he is, he yes. is the leader of Team Flare. Uh, and he wants to... Ugh remake the world in his image um which is the idea is that he wants people to stay beautiful forever there's a there's an actress who is also the the league champion and when you first meet lysander i believe he's talking to her and she he's having the conversation wouldn't you want to stay beautiful forever so you can continue to be an actress forever and she goes, no, why would I want to do that? I, you know, the, when you age, you learn things, you can play different things as, a, as an actress. I, uh, if I stayed my age and stayed the way I looked forever, I would, I would have to just do the same roles forever, and that's no fun. I, um, I did not like this team. No, no, I didn't, I didn't either. I like their red suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I like the cyber girls that have, like, the, the uh, heads-up displays. They all have VR helmet-looking things on. I like the way they looked, but yeah, they're they're not the most fun team to fight. Uh, I didn't really, I wasn't really into their goals. Uh, it 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 just wasn't as interesting to me as some of the other teams that we've gotten in the past. 
<laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Running down here, so we mentioned the the bug leader. Um, the next one is why don't I just look up the the gyms here? I think it goes bug and then rock. Yeah, because because the, the, there's a huge gap between those first two. Like I think out of any of the Pokemon games I've played, this is the biggest gap between Gym One and Gym Two when it comes to, like time and game. Yeah, I, I think actually that's a lot of X and Y. Is there mm-hmm. there are a lot of towns that just don't have gyms that you go through, yeah. uh, and a lot of routes that are very long and very sprawling between things. It's certainly not as tight as something like Kanto is for Gen One. Um, and and I think for me, as a person who was trying to replay this game for this podcast, I really just wanted to get through it. And that's not what this game is built for. It While it does have a fast start, I think it is generally a pretty lazy game sure. in that, you know, you, you should be taking your time. You should be hanging around and going to the cafes and um, doing, like, grinding up a little bit or searching for Pokemon, like exploring the routes, using the HMs. And it's it's not something you have to do. And I felt like I was actually missing a lot of the game by trying to not necessarily speed run it, but play it relatively efficiently so I could be done with it Same. and talk about it on this podcast. Um, but it's a game that wants you to meander. And at the time, the time it comes out, that makes all the sense in the world. It, it should be. It's a big take, RPG. It's going to take up take all your, your time. time with you it. Get to, Milk it. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk to your friends. Talk about what you're going to trade. Right. Hey, I found a, I found a whatever Pokemon in this in this route. You should go catch it. Great. Piss on, uh, piss on your bottom screen. Facts. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, like lots of things for you to do. But I find when I'm doing these podcasts and just want to play through the game once, it's becoming mm-hmm. increasingly less fun to play the games before i do this i have to i have to play more on my memories of the game the first time i played it whereas if i went back to gen one i think i would have a pretty similar experience uh maybe a little frustrating that i wouldn't have things like held items or or some things would be a lot slower or right you know uh, i wouldn't have running shoes but there is something about you just go town to town to town gym to gym to gym and i i love that flow yeah, you get in a flow. Yeah, you, you get a good flow, you get a good pace to it, and and those games are really fun to go back to. Whereas I think like something like X and Y, in unless I was you know, not not having to do a podcast about it and could just enjoy my time with it, it it's it's a little tougher. It's a little tougher. Anyway, I, let, let's I did, run I did that to myself too because I I ran through all those games so quick when I first played them. Oh yeah, yeah, you were crazy because you were yeah. doing them back to back to back. Yeah. So you were just speeding through and then not even giving yourself time to breathe because now yeah. it was time to do the next one. Yep. And that was that was the, the worry that Johnny and I had for you is that, oh, he's going to burn himself out. Like These games are so easy to burn out on because they can be so sprawling. Yeah, and so And this same. dude is just taking them one at a time. It's nuts. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned uh, we've got the bug-type leader, uh, Viola. Then the next city, we have Grant, who's a rock-type gym. And he's got both of the fossils, which I thought was kind of cool. He's got kind of like yeah. a, um, a, a archaeology-style gym. Rock climbing. Things. Like, there's so, actually like rock climbing in there, right? There was some rock climbing as well. Yeah, you're right. Um, Shalor City, we have Karina, who is a fighting-type gym leader. Uh, this was kind of interesting because she takes she shows up in the story a number of different times. 
uh, with her Lucarios. She's got two mm-hmm. Lucarios. One of them ends up coming to you, and that is the first Pokemon that you get to Mega Evolve. But she doesn't use them when you fight her in the gym. It's like, I have these two Lucarios that could wreck you, but no, nah, I'll, I'll just no. use my, my weaker fighting Pokemon on you. That was nice of her. She had a Machoke, right? She has a Machoke, a Halucha, and a Mindfu. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got Ramos, the Grass-type leader. We've got the Electric-type leader, uh, Clement. Clement, uh, who uses Amolga Magneton and, and the one that you like, Heliolisk. Yeah. Uh, Laverne, Laverne City, we get the, or Laver. Laver City has Valerie, the fairy type gym, which is cool. You get to see yeah. some of the fairies out there, while Mr. Mime and Sylveon. And then Gym 7 is Olympia, and she uses psychic types. And then the last one is in the snow, that is Snowbell City, with ice types, uh, which is usually a pretty good eight yeah. gym. Uh, and then what's the Elite Four, just so we can look that up? Uh, I think I've got that on my list here. Uh, well, I think you end up going from, like, ice to fire right away. Well, th- um, this one is... Uh, well, let, let's talk about Victory Road first. Uh, I think this is a nice Victory Road. It's not too gimmicky with HM stuff. You you just really need Strength, Rock Smash, and, and Surf, which aren't yep. too bad. Those are pretty easy. Um, and I like... There, there's some parts where you go outside as well. And those are awesome because you can fly from out there. So if you are uh, in a part where you're really struggling, you can just fly to a, a Pokemon Center and try again. Sure. Uh, which, sure. Is, which is pretty good. And there's even a place where you can build a shortcut that goes right back to the beginning. Uh, that's super handy. Good stuff. Um, so for the Elite Four, uh, yes, the first up is Drasna, the Dragon Expert. Um, at this point, I had an Espeon, my Espeon had Dazzling Gleam, and Tentacruel had Ice Beam, and just made it super easy to, to take her down. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that wasn't a problem at all. Uh, the next was the Water-type user, Seabold, and uh, I didn't have anything that was good against Water-types, um, but Espeon was just powerful enough at that point, and Psychic was enough to, to take down pretty much everything. Uh, he also has a Starmie, but my Mighty Ana... Uh, could crunch that because it's a psychic type as well. Uh, so no problem there. Next up was Malva. Loved her in Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> she used fire types, and yep. that meant Tentacruel could kick ass. Um, Mightyena got another crunch in on the, the Chandelure, the Ghost Fire, which, man, Chandelure's a great Pokemon. That Pokemon rules. Um, and then the last Elite Four member was the Steel Wickstrom. And I didn't have any fire attacks, so that made it kind of tricky, but uh, eventually got to break through and, and not a problem. And then you get to the champion, who is Deantha, the actress. Uh, she thanks you for taking down Team Flare. She brings out this big, impressive team of monsters, which, uh, honestly, all just got absolutely uh, murdered by Espeon and Halucha, Yeah, and it wasn't a problem at all. Uh I think the ending in this game is is relatively interesting. There's there's a person that we didn't mention. His name is AJ? AZ or AZ AZ. Yeah, and he's just this very tall, depressed looking dude. He he looks like the guy. <laughs> he looks like the guy from Home Alone that you get. So, he's always so scared of that's out there shoveling. Uh huh. The yep. neighbor. He looks totally. like that. He looks like that guy. Yeah, he's got a little. He he looks kind of like a homeless zombie. Uh, and you just feel bad for him the whole time. 
yep. but there's this big celebration. Hey, you're the new champion. Uh, it's very Return of the Jedi. And with you and all of your friends, who did nothing, by the way. You're the no. one who took down Team Flare. You're the one who was the champion. And now all your friends are on the podium getting getting medals, and you're just Chewbacca getting nothing over here. Um, they're like, what, why are you guys here? But everybody gets interrupted by uh, AZ, who we learn, I think you've learned before at this point, he is a king or was a king. There, there's this very ancient fable... Uh, in the in the t- in the uh, area of Kalos uh, about this this king, and uh, you find out it's actually this guy. He's lived the entire time, and he asks you for a match. Uh, he's got three Pokemon that are all level th- sixty, which are all way weaker than anybody you fought for the champion. So you just one shot all three of them, and it's not a problem at all. Um, but that Take incredible that. ass-kicking reminds him that he actually loves Pokemon, or whatever, um, which causes this... Po- so the fable is, his. there was a big war that happened. Yes. Uh, yes. Where people used their Pokemon, and some Pokemon died, and people died because it was a war. And this guy's Pokemon that was uh, Floette, I think. It's just it was, a, It's like yeah. a tiny little flower Pokemon. Why yes. was this thing in a war at all? Uh, like that, you do not send this Pokemon out to war. Also, why would the king's Pokemon need to go fight? That seems pointless to me. Um, anyway, he's very sad about his Floette dying, and he creates a machine to revive this Pokemon. Oh my um, god, it's, it was so dumb. What was what was the deal with this? Like, it, it did it destroy the land, or did he have to sacrifice other people to power it? I can't remember what it was. I thought there it was, was something. Land. Yeah, there was something where like a big sacrifice had to be made to be able to bring this Pokemon back to life. So when the Pokemon came back to life, it saw like, "Hey, uh, you really fucked up to try to bring me back. Like this is wrong." Uh, so the Pokemon just pieces out for for three thousand years. <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah. So uh, King Az roams the land, kind of looking for this Pokemon, but also. Just to be sad and immortal, I guess. Like his machine also ends up making him immortal. The, um, the writing was so bad when he just walks up. He's like, "I have to battle you." Right. Uh, sorry, not a fluet. It's a flabebe. Great name. Uh, but yeah, after you after you kick his ass, and he's like, "Oh, you know what? I think I actually like Pokemon." Uh, the flabebe just like falls down from the sky and is like, "Hey, I was here the whole time." Oh my! <laughs> writing its flower just coming yeah. down. It took forever. And, and everyone in the world here, everybody at the celebration is pretty chill to learn that there's just this immortal king among us. So, hey, whatever, let's roll credits and, and call that a Pokemon game. Um, there is a decent amount of post-game content. Um, there's, uh, there's like, a mystery. There's an a, 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 a inspector named Looker that you can go meet up with and, and do some a lot of post-game stuff. Uh, I didn't end up doing it for this, this playthrough. But uh, there's plenty to do. Uh, let me let me look it up real quick just to see what what there is. Um, lots of legendary Pokemon you can go get. You can get the the legendary birds, uh, Zapdos, Moltres, and Articuno. Uh, you can find Zygarde, which is kind of like the Mewtwo of this game. It's the oh, Z yeah, yeah, of yeah. X and Y. They never made a Pokemon Z, but he would have been the one that kind of took that over 
Um, Mewtwo's there. You can go get him as well. Um, there's you can get the Pokemon Radar uh, from Sycamore's Lab, and you can use uh, that to chain Pokemon catches, which helps you to get shiny Pokemon, similar yes. to the way that it works yes. in um, in uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, where you could kind yep. of chain those catches. So there's an item here that does a similar thing here. Um, let's see. You can talk to Diantha, the champion, and she'll give you a level 5 Ralts that is holding the Mega Gardevoir rock stone that you need, the Gardevoirite. Um, so you can use that and get another Mega Evolution out of the deal. There is a Battle Institute. Have you ever done any of the like the post-game Battle Tower, Battle Frontier things in Pokemon uh, games? Uh, I did the Battle Tower. Okay. Not all but, of it, I mean, but I did some of it. it. Again, like that that's, that's where Pokemon gets real challenging. I think a, a yeah. lot of players enjoy playing that Pokemon specifically because it is just so difficult. And that is a... That's a chance for them to, you know, not not necessarily play competitively, but to use all your super training and and actually have it matter. Uh, I don't usually play those because they are difficult in a way that I don't care anymore, and I also just don't think you get much out of them uh, in terms of prizes and rewards. Um, yeah. I mean, it's still interesting that that's there. It's like something to keep you engaged, but it's not what I want to play when I'm playing Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, there, there's the Looker Bureau which kind of is the final part of the main storyline. Um, and he is in the Rogue Plaza, which is in the, the big Lumio City with the uh, with the Eiffel Tower gym there. Yep. Um, and he kind of gives you a rundown of, of kind of the final mission thing that you can do. Anyway, that is Pokemon X and Y. Bobby. Yes. Before we, before we wrap it up here, we, we kind of talked about this game in both good and bad lights. Uh, yeah. What was your overall... How'd you come off playing this? How, how do you feel about X and Y compared to other Pokemon games? I really like the the cities. The design of the mm-hmm. cities, I think, is really cool. Mega Evolutions, as much as I dogged on it when it first came out, really cool. I liked a lot of the Pokemon that showed up here, you know, especially coming off of Black and White, where they didn't add a lot that I cared for. I think that that this has some really good ones. Some of my, I, I love the starters for this one. It's one of my favorite group of starters. Um, I think the story, predictably for a Pokemon game, is pretty rough. But all in all, like I, I really dug my time with with X and Y. It was the one that I was most excited to get to when I was starting on my journey, and uh, it, it met my expectations when that happened. So it's got problems for sure. I think all the Pokemon games have problems, but I really like this one. Yeah, I, I think I was probably really high on it when it came out in fact i know i was because i i look back at my uh i can look back at gamers on the go and see where i ranked this on my game of the year list because i've been doing gamers on the go that long uh and it ranked real high i don't i don't think it was number one but it was you know within the top five for sure for that for that year um going back i i think i found more things that frustrated me um the while i liked like the 3D, I think the 3D did a uh, did a good service to it. There is some, there's a part of me that nostalgic part that really likes the pixel stuff. Um, one just from an aesthetic point of view, but then also from a practical point of view, I think it, this these games, the camera is so close to your character, 
yes. it makes a lot of the towns a little harder to navigate or a little harder to get your bearings on something because the, the camera is closer into your character. I, I think I like the camera being way zoomed out top down yeah. like it is in a lot of those other games because I think it just gives it a better sense of scale and it lets you navigate a little better. You can um, see more so of your surroundings. Yeah, so while I like things, like when you go over the bridge to that mansion and the, there's like a camera sweep that happens, I think some of those things are really cool. There's there's a lot of other moments where it's like, ah, oh, I just wish I could zoom out on this a little bit so I can get a better, right. a better idea of how this city works and so I can just walk around a little bit more efficiently. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think the game, we, we mentioned it, I think the game is, is pretty fast at the top but I think it slows way down in a lot of the, the ways it, that it can it be a slog. It, it just can be a slog where I, I think again, that is also part of the 3d thing where you have to have longer animations uh, with the pixel yep. sprites. You can just easily, uh, you know, you shoot the fire thing and it goes and it just goes, goes, goes. And we talked about the, the level design and the way the, the cities are set up in the old gens where it just allows for that snappier play. Um, it's, it's a game that I that I think I remembered more fondly than when I actually got back in and got my hands dirty. That's fair. And I went like, oh, it's fine. It's, it's a yeah. Pokemon game. But if, if you told me to play a Pokemon game right now, it would definitely be Gen 1 or Gen 2 that I would go to uh, rather than Gen 6. I, 1 and 3 stand out pretty high for me, but specifically the remake version of those. And, sure. you know, like, I did not have a good time with 4. But I think this year I might redeem that with the Switch. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what the uh, the Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl or whatever they're called, um, what they what they do. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think uh, we didn't talk about it too much, but I think there are some just bad HMs in, in that game. Um, that, that There's a lot of HM spam that you need in there. Uh, and I'll be interested to see if Game Freak actually does anything about that, because we've we've gotten away from that. We've we've gotten to the point where like HMs are just Pokemon now. Where yeah, you don't even have to have them. You don't have to have you don't have to have it as a move to to teach Pokemon. You just have Pokemon that that know those things. You have specific transportation Pokemon. So will they bring that in? Probably not, because it's a remake. But maybe they will, because they've brought in other modern features uh, into into remake Pokemon games. So right. it'll be, it'll be kind of cool to see. I, I want to know how they do that. Agreed. But agreed. Uh, for now, this is Pokemon X and Y. Bobby, thank you very much for coming on with me to talk about. Yeah, this is um, great. We have another podcast that we do called the casual hour that, uh, records every Wednesday on twitch.tv slash the casual hour. Yes. And catch us at 10 30 PM central time every Wednesday for that. Uh, or if you can't make it for that, uh, the actual recording goes up on Friday mornings, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts and uh, and listen to our show there. We also are streaming, like we mentioned at the top of the show, we stream every Monday and Friday, also at yep. 10:30 p.m. Central Time. Um, on Mondays, Bobby and I usually play like some sort of strategy game, and on Fridays it's kind of a, a free for all of. Whoever can make it and whatever we play. Sometimes our co-host Johnny's there. Sometimes I show up. Sometimes it's just Who? Bobby. 
Uh, yeah, good good point. <laughs> uh, I don't know our third guy either. Some, some loser. Um, but yeah, we, we do a lot of stuff there, and you can find uh, all the stuff that we do uh, by following us on Twitter there, uh, at The Casual Hour on Twitter. And, uh, and then as far as this podcast goes, if you want to learn more about Gamers on the Go, gamersonthego.com, and also at GOTG Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and also, I don't think I've done a show since I started this. Ooh. Maybe I have. I don't think I don't know if it got mentioned though. But I've Ooh. started to record some game playing of my own uh, on my YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel, which has been branded Chasey K Plays. And uh, and currently, as of uh, this podcast, I am playing through Super Robot Wars X, which is a uh, 2018 Japanese title that uh, got some English subtitles through some weirdness. Uh, it's a lot of anime. It's a lot of mechs. It's a lot of turn-based strategy. Um, and I gotta catch all the robots. So it's they, <laughs> they're advertising the thirtieth, whatever, uh, yes. all over my my Twitch homepage right now. And I'm just I'm like glad. Chase. Oh, so Chase glad. would be so happy to know that I'm being tor- <laughs> tortured. Yeah, uh, the the new game, the new game for that uh, franchise is coming out on uh, in October, right? Yes, it's this year. Um, so it's coming out relatively soon. Uh, and I think it all, it's also getting an official Steam release, which is why you're seeing all the ads mm-hmm. for it. Official PC release, which is weird because I thought the licensing deal. would have been a problem for that. Anyway, but uh, you can go search for Chasey K Plays on on YouTube or, or follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Kenicky or uh, at Chasey K Plays. I believe is the is the Twitter for that as well, and you can find uh, the games that I'm playing there. Uh, I think. Don't don't take this as gospel, because uh, I might change my mind. I still have a lot of Super Robot Wars X to play, but I think the next thing I might do is play a Pokemon Red Randomizer on that. Ooh. Uh, just to just you know get a, I, little, get a little Pokemon in there, have a little fun, go back that, to something that feels somewhat familiar, but also uh, have a little gimmick in there to make it uh, interesting. I'll always support you. You do a fantastic job of creating your content. I'm not the biggest Super Robot Wars fan, just because I'm so out of the loop there on mm-hmm. what's happening. But that randomizer sounds like it'd be right down my alley. To yeah, it could be cool. Like the the randomizer I found uh, brings in a lot of Pokemon from other generations, even like the 3D ones that it demakes the the pixels uh, to to offer a lot of Pokemon in there. Uh, sure. So I might actually do something weird with that one. Like I might do like a Nuzlocke run uh, where I, if something dies, I have to throw it away. Which would be okay because there's always a new, interesting, random yeah, Pokemon out there that I can catch. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But that's uh, that's been something I've been thinking of lately. Uh, so once I finish Super Robot Wars X, I'll uh, I'll let you guys know and figure out what I do there. Anyway, I think that is far far too much uh, podcasting for any person. But uh, we'll we'll end it here. Bobby, thank you so much for coming on. And for all the listeners, thank you for for hanging around, and I'll see you in the next episode.